your Bibles to the book of Hebrews this morning. Hallelujah. Ben. The warning, tossing around, and come, subject matters come up several instances lately in uh, whatever particular service we might have been in some Wednesday night discussion and, and Sunday as well on the where two part creatures were spirit and were flesh and we both know or we all should know that each is contrary to the other <coughs> many times we want to do one thing but we find ourselves doing the other or we want to do the other and we find ourselves doing that uh, but the writer of Hebrews in the 12th chapter this is actually a series of tremendous growth scriptures if you want to grow spiritually some may not see it as that when we get into them here in a minute but that's exactly what they are because they take us somewhere anytime we study read listen to the word of God it's preached effectively in, in truth it should take us somewhere take us further we should advance and we're going to find something this morning that is a, a very specific way and means by which we do just that. that we advance that we move forward. It's in learning, and it, let's plow into it here. And uh, we've got several scriptures to read this morning. Let's start off again in chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews with verse number 9. Now, what's being discussed up to this point is uh, the Lord chastising now, probably the immediate recognition that we might have of that word it, 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 maybe it's a little frightening maybe it's alarming maybe it's sounding like a chast chastisement what is that readily we can think well God's got this great big whip sitting on a great big throne and he's ready to lash us over anything well wipe that off because that's not what the scriptural reference here is talking about at all uh, actually chastisement in the word simply means trained to regulate character trained to regulate character does that make sense of course now previous to where we started here and this where I pick up is going to refer to this a little bit it talks about earthly fathers that corrected or chastised and this has gone on down through the ages uh, seemingly in our time it's kind of dissipated for some strange reason but uh, nevertheless uh, biblical discussion and, and uh, what's being referred to this morning is the aspect of training for improvement of teaching discipline for forward advancement and to build character now, we as Christians obviously should be attempting to build Christian character, godly character. Is that not what we're about? Well, that's what the writer is very vividly portraying here. So let's look in it. Let's read verse number 9. 
Furthermore, it says, furthermore, we have had fathers, and here it is, fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Uh-huh. Anybody relate to that? We gave them reverence. Why did we give them reverence? Because they corrected us. How did they correct us? Sometimes it was in corporal means, right? Sometimes it's in other means. Whatever the purpose, and this by far again doesn't permit beating or, or whatever. This is this is talking about correction by whatever means. To bring one in further line and, and not something that is a, a burden or or boredom or something that that is a negative, it's all positive. And we should all be about this. And I've said many times standing right here, even me. I'm not some kind of object up here that's simply saying, do what this says that I don't have to because I have to before you do. If I'm going to effectively pastor and minister, I've got to lead by example. And, and I try my best to do that. Although we're all human. And we each need to do the same thing. But we can only do that if we're trained to do it. And if we're talking spiritual or if we're talking Christian or Christ-like or godly or God-like, there's only one way that we have the ability to be trained in the aspect that we need to be trained. It's by God himself. Heavenly Father, right? And back to the scripture, let's finish reading it. It said, we gave our earthly fathers reverence. We respected them. We heeded what they were training us to do. And the latter part of verse 9 says, Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits? And look at the last two verses with a question mark. And live. Let's hmm. sink just a minute. Let's look at verse 10. And this is speaking of earthly fathers as we begin. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure whatever means it took whatever arrangement they arranged whatever means and notice the particular terms here for a few days now we all know that we grow up we start as children and there comes a point in life when sometimes you got to get a little correction as you grow, you got to get a little more correction. Keep any what? Steered on the right way? I tell you, a lot of problems in our society today are because children have not been disciplined. They've not been trained. They've not been brought up in the godly aspect. So now our whole universal system is in mass chaos and trouble because of it. For a few days, our fathers corrected, trained. Now that doesn't literally mean just for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This is talking about for whatever period that it took to get to adulthood. And some that claim to be adult still need chastening. <laughs> Absolutely, I can testify to that. But notice that. But then look what he says next. But he, or our prophet, talking he now is God, the father of our being. Tanner done a great job teaching this morning, our creator, the, the, the spirit God, the great God, the almighty God, the creator of all. 
but he for our profit. Now there's a difference than just a few days of earthly guidance and discipline than there is for our profit and it being God that does what he does for our betterment, for our growth, for our advancement. And of course, that first of all, it's got to be spiritual. And again, the society we live in, it seems that they're looking for everything to be prosperous in the material means. That's not what's being said here. When we prosper spiritually, then we prosper greatly. When we advance in the spiritual way, we advance greatly. When we move forward for God, I'm telling you what, we're taking giant steps. But there's, again, there's only one way we can do that, and that is through God, by God, by His Word. This is a book of instruction. Whether many realize it or not, it is a book of instruction. It's a book of training. And it's, it's not some kind of harsh instrument, again, that we're beat over the head with. We're simply provided it, and it is our responsibility, or even our decision, if we want to or not. But because we don't, we don't go anywhere if we don't. We, we don't advance spiritually because we don't heed God. We don't care about the Word. We don't need training, at least we think. We don't need to be disciplined. But oh yes, we do. Now for a prophet, now lo, notice the latter part of verse 10 here. That we might be partakers of his holiness. You catch that? That we might be partakers of his holiness. Is that interesting? To be a partaker of his holiness? To be allowed in, to enable to experience God's holiness. Now, what what's His holiness talking about here in the Scripture? It's talking about this wonderful place that we can arrive at because we allow ourselves, and sometimes we we can all admit sometimes chastisement is not a wonderful thing. It's not all tulips and roses down a, a red carpet path. When God chastises, and many times it's just in allowing to be chastised, it's not that God purposes all these things. He allows things. And we all allow, are, are opposed and we're, we're sometimes affected many times by the issues of life itself. But those are learning processes. Whatever it is, we need to understand that, that we're constantly creatures of learning and, and experiences are great teachers, right? Sometimes an experience in itself can teach us not to do that again, right? And, and I could go on with instance after instance this morning. But what we're after here and what, what the Bible's trying to to get us to draw out of this is the very thing this is talking about is of dire importance for us to gain into the interior of the holiness of God and this is the territory that we've got to be willing to step into and look at and take on and take responsibility for doing Amen. if we're ever going to get anywhere and I don't know 
the totality of everything that's going on in the spiritual atmosphere of today. I've shared some of what I'm sensing and, and feeling and experiencing, but it, it's almost like, and I think this is incorporated into maybe the falling away in latter times, but it, it, it's like things are kind of gotten to just a, a standstill. A, a standstill. You see, when the church is advancing in holiness, when the church is moving in holiness, I'm talking God, when the church is going forward continually, not just for a few days, now this prophet that he just mentioned earlier, it is for our prophet, that's a continual thing. That's a life thing. Not just a few days that we had earthly fathers here to guide us and to lead us and hopefully correct us in the proper way. This is an eternal thing. What's our prophet going to be in the end? What's the result going to be in the end? It's going to be the greatest prophet you've ever seen in your life if you make it. I'm talking heaven and I'm talking the, I'm talking the real holiness of God is what I'm talking. But there's a way we get there. We can't stop in the middle or think we've got enough. It's good. I'm good to go and I don't have to progress any further. I don't have to listen to anybody. I can form my own opinions. I, we can't form opinions outside of the perimeters of the Word of God. They don't work. Even though many are trying. Our society is totally fouled up because of opinionations being forced. And here we are. We have the greatest means, the greatest means ever given right here for training. The discipline. Training requires discipline. We've got to line ourselves up with the will to be disciplined. And again, that comes by many means. God has all kinds of ways, all kinds of sources that we, if we pay attention, and I'm, I'll tell you again, some of them are very hard. I can share one with you. I've been in one for 13 months. And I've learned a whole lot more how to deal with people that's lost loved ones than I did before. And I'm going to tell you what, it's a rough valley. But I've learned not only how to help myself, but how to help others more effectively. Is that not what it's about? Can you imagine if every Christian on earth took this to heart and accepted training training the teaching of the word the administering of the word and heeded it and, and lived it and walked in it because it, see where it takes us it's not just an earthly experience for here it's an eternal experience that's what it takes us to and it's by the avenue of God I mean open arm God come on in and I will teach you. I invite you to experience my presence and my holiness and it will profit you greatly. You can't go wrong with this. You can't. Read a little further. Verse 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous, and we know that. Sometimes chastening hurts. I can attest to that. Sometimes it hurts bad and it hurts deep. Let me say this right in the middle. Don't throw away experiences. Don't count them as all bad. Stop. Think about them. 
remember you telling me you went through a struggle but you wouldn't take for it because you grew. Learn. Don't throw them away and count them as worthless trash. You see, we don't we don't always know what it is that's coming from God. Maybe it is something that seems to be just terrible, but we can gain, we can learn, we can we can receive, we can profit. Okay, we can profit from experiences if they're good or if they're bad or in between. But pay attention. Take note. What what am I trying to be taught here? Maybe it is a bad instance. Lord, are you trying to show me something? It, most of this is work on ourselves. That's what train, training works on you. And hopefully that you can help train others. See, when training is allowed to work on us, it begins, to, first of all, allows us to identify, has the word ever helped you identify with anything that might have been going on in your life that didn't need to be going on there? Or maybe it showed you something, well, and this is okay, maybe it showed you something, hey, you know, I, rec- I realize I seem to be pretty much advancing in this area. Praise God. It's God doing it. All to His glory, right? Amen. It gets a little deeper as we go along here because of this, the importance of this. The, the, the impact that it should have. The, 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 the huge emphasis that's being placed on this. And He's relating it, again, as we started so we can understand it in a little better way. Okay, our dads corrected us. They expected us to train and follow in what it was they were correcting us to do. So this is greater than that. This is more profitable than that. They had a little time with us, and thank God for the good instruction that fathers have given. Mothers alike, we're not segregating this morning. Good instruction from anybody's good instruction, right? As long as it's good. See, how much have you heard of instruction lately? In the news, isn't it? Is it all good? I guarantee it isn't. It's on the it's past. It's past the line. It's evil. What do most people believe? They believe what they're taught. They believe what goes in these eyes. They believe what goes in these ears. That's why you raise a young one from as, as, when they're big enough to start listening and even begin to understand. Get it in them. Amen. Tell them what's right. Tell them what's wrong. At their level, of course. At their age. Because instruction is, in, God knows instruction is important. That's why this is in his word. Not only here, but many places. We see example after example of ex- after example biblically of those that did not heed teaching or training or attempted discipline. And we see all the results because of that. As we go on here, and we've got a few more scriptures to cover. No chastening for the present seemed to be joyous, but grievous. Yes, it is. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Think about that. It yields. It's got something that it produces. What's the product? The peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Hmm. What in the world is the peaceable fruit of righteousness? 
you got to start at the end to figure out what the first is. Righteousness is the tree. That bears the fruit. That has the peace. Is peace valuable? Amen. Why is it a fruit? Why is it referred to as a fruit? Because fruit reproduces, it's got a seed in it. And then it produces again. See, there's nothing really greater than peace. And, and we disregard that so much time. You know, the, the world's in such a chaotic state that peace don't even seem like it's even existing anymore. So, so because it isn't, we don't know what it is. God's got the greatest peace that there's ever been. His peace still exists. Amen. But we got to get to this point where we can enjoy and experience, and we do this again by where we started, by training. Because training and discipline in God and the ways of God and the Word of God Discipline ourselves, lining ourselves up with the scriptures. I'm not going anyplace else. That, that's what we're talking about this morning. You can take all the opinions and everything in this world that it's got. It will never lead you to the right place. God will always lead us to the right place. His word is never wrong. It's always right. And we profit from it. Thank God. Peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Hmm. To those which are exercised thereby. Train. Exercise means train. Think of that. How many of you? work out or do things where you're physical you know and you, you have to stay on top of things you got to be efficient you got to be able to move when you got to move kick when you got to kick jump when you got to jump shoot when you got to shoot you know think about training think about the discipline that comes with training I mean down to the, the most precise things makes all the difference whatever it is in the physical Think about the spiritual. Think about what the scripture is saying here. That that what? That that peaceable fruit of righteousness that unto them which are exercised there. You gotta be exercised by it before you can enjoy it. You gotta be trained by it before you can know what it is. I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of people running out here, they don't know what this word says, and they're trying to say they do. And that's damaging. And that's destructive. It doesn't say a God's a God that puts up with anything and you can live like you want to and do what you want to do. It says you live by the Word of God. That's why we have it. And I'll tell you that as long as I'm here. If it raises hairs or ruffles feathers, I'm not going to apologize for it. The Word is what's got to be taught. The Word is what's got to be preached. And the Word is what has to be lived in order to enjoy and experience what we're talking about here. There's all kinds of directions one can take off to, and you, you can find You can find all kinds of things to address itching ears, I promise you. Verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. 
Because of the above, do this. What wherefore means there? We just talked about what's above. We talked about chastisement. We talked about correction. We talked about training. We talked about discipline. Because of those things, lift up the hands which hang down the feeble knees. What's that talking about? Don't be burdened by chastisement. Don't be weighed down to where you can't even move. Don't, don't be so overwhelmed by training. And this is really trying to describe a, a position of discouragement. Just discouraged. You know, hands down, knees wobbling. But what it's really saying is this. There is a, a courage of faith. I'm going to tell you, we, it takes pure courage sometimes to get through some of these chastising situations. But where do we get courage? Courage don't drop out of there. Courage comes from faith. Strengthen. Strengthen your courage through faith. Because it's tough. Sometimes it's hard to learn. Sometimes it's difficult territory. It's not all a little wimpish walk to get through this life. And there's going to be a lot of things you come up against that are going to be tough. But get that courage through that faith, and that will give you strength. Knees representative of the walk. It's talking about patience. Persevering patience. think these might be vital this training thing we're on here courage faith strength patience endurance but you see we don't know what it is until we understand it and we sure can't apply if we don't understand it and that's the problem many people when they run up against something fall apart because they don't understand it because they never got it they try to they try to figure it out by worldly means. I'm firmly convinced there's a lot of things in this life, the only way you can figure it out. Right here. Right here. Amen. God's got it. He's got the answers. And make verse 13, and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed that's a long or kind of an intense statement make straight paths for your feet how is the only way you can make straight paths in the way you walk when you have something to walk by it doesn't say crooked it doesn't say deviated it says straight paths for your feet signifying the walk of your life what you do, where you go, everything that you're about. How do you do that? You cannot do it without guidance. You cannot do it without training. You cannot do it without disciplining yourself. Just like anything else that you might become involved in. And this is the greatest one. This is the greatest we could ever be involved in is in the realm of God. In this relationship with the Creator of all. This, this wonderful allowance by the cross and the work of it and the one who hung on it. Now look at the middle part of verse 13. Lest, it means in case. 
and I'll use that term, in case that which is lame be turned out of the way. You ever try to walk on a dislocated ankle? Or a knee that's flopping? You ever, or you ever try to run? You ain't gonna do it. And biblically, a lot of times when you see walk or pass, it's talking about running. We're in a race, right? Can you imagine running a race where you, you, you can't function because you, you've got a, a, a issue? We could say, what's mine, boys? What's my hand? What's keeping me from running like I need to? What's keeping me from staying on this path? How come my path's crooked? Why am I always just, I can't get it. I can't, I can't never find myself there. Straighten your path up. And you straighten your path up with this word. You don't straighten your path up with what John Smith says. You straighten your path up with what God says. And you don't straighten it up. I know there's good advice out there, and I'm not saying there isn't. There are people that try to help, but if they don't do it biblically, you better beware. Or other than biblical, you can say that. But let it rather be healed. Isn't that an opposite end of the spectrum? We had we had dislocated limb. Now we got healed. The implication being, if you get trained right, you're gonna be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Whoa. What did that just say? Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It needs to be checked up from the neck up and downward as well. We've been talking about that. Examination, self-examination. Take a look at myself. Where am I at in this? What am I doing? What am I not doing? A Christian life is constant examination, folks. Me too. We're called to that. We should never think that we've arrived or that we've got it made, or that we know it all, or that we know enough to get by, and then think that we're supposed to be trying to train somebody else because we're barely getting by ourselves or not even getting by, as far as the Word of God details. <coughs> A lot of teaching going on. It ain't all good. Let's talk about this. Follow, actually, it doesn't mean trail after. It actually is talking about pursuing and, and grabbing hold of it. Make it in a, a part of your life. Make what a part of your life? Peace. And holiness? Let me tell you something about peace and holiness. They're conjoined twins. You can't have one without the other. And that's a very dead reason why many people don't have peace because they do not have holiness. That's God. That's not me. That's God. They struggle. They got chaos going on in their minds. They got chaos going on in their lives. And the simple answer 
if you draw close to God and you do it sincerely and you develop a relationship with him and you apply yourself to that and you take his discipline and you take his training and you take even his chastisement, you're going to have peace. You're going to have peace. Don't raise your hands. Anybody here got peace? I hope so. The peace of God's like none other. The peace of God allow you to function in the storm. To endure in the chaos. There's so much in these scriptures. I know I'm not getting it all out because I'm limited on time. There's a lot said right here. But it, it's not that there's being so much said that we can't adhere to it. It's very simple. Get your Bible. Start reading it. See what it says. Find those places where it talks about what is a holy life. A holy life is a sanctified life. A holy life is not running with the stream of the world doing everything the world does or trying to act like the world and do like the world. A holy life is a sanctified life, meaning it has been cleansed. Cleansed. Verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. You ever think about failing for the grace of God? Does that scare anybody? Diligently is a key word. That means you're searching with everything in you. You're trying your best. You're trying to keep yourself lined up. If you get out of line, try and get yourself lined back up. Training. lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Now look here, right in the middle of all this. I'm going to read that again. In case, that's lest, here we see lest again. In case any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby, as a result, many be defiled. Bitterness there translated biblically means corruption what kind of corruption any kind of corruption what's being said here is what we do affects other people corruption creates more corruption and the word is explicit of, if you look at this correctly of how quickly and how it can spread now, I want you to think about something. And again, I'm, I'm not church knocking. I'm trying to bring up evidence, pure evidence, pure fact. You say this. A lot of times we just need to keep our mouth shut anyway, but you need to really keep it shut if you don't have real fact to back up what you're getting ready to say. They're snatching out of thin. I'm telling you what this media in this country has gone crazy because they can lie and try to make you believe something when it's absolute lie. Pay attention. This don't lie. God's word never lies. Never will lie. God is the truth. That was free. Okay. Verse 16. Lest, there's that word again. Lest, all through here. In case there be any fornicator or profane person. Means godless. 
in case there be. Now look at this. Here's a biblical example right here. It says, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. You understand what a biblical birthright was? In the day Esau lived, brother was Jacob. Where was Esau at? He was out wandering around, having a good time, I guess. The Bible doesn't really clarify that. But it tells us what he did. It says he hungered. He's hungry. You get hungry? Sure, we all get hungry. What's a birthright? You think of it in the sense of Esau, the oldest son, which he was, got everything of the father's inheritance. Everything. Whole nine yards, the totality of it. But he come in one day and he was hungry and here's his brother Jacob. And Esau speaking of his hunger and he's wanting something to eat. Now I want you to imagine this. You're staking everything that you possibly could ever inherit on a bowl of soup. What did he do? And when he was more concerned about his flesh being satisfied, here it is, than he was inheriting everything. God snatched it away at that moment. But there's your bowl of soup. You just lost your inheritance. That should sting. What's in the bowl of soup? Ask yourself. Flesh desires a lot of things, doesn't it? Flesh takes us a lot of places. Notice something that the one he received, this morsel or this pottage, the Bible calls it pottage, I believe, porridge. The one he received this from was his brother. But at this time, his brother's name meant deceiver because he was still Jacob. You see the deception? Deception is dangerous. Deception will supply you. Deceivers will furnish you. They'll join in. But see the results the same. It's not the deceiver that made you do anything. It's the you that made you do what you do. That's the difference. That's why this example is here. This is a, a, a wonderful example. And it's not a good example because it's tragedy. This is, a, this is an episode of biblical tragedy this is talking about right here. Because you, you put yourself here. What are, what are we subject to inheriting as Christians? What, what's already been signed, sealed, and will be delivered if we remain true to God? The Father's kingdom. Is that right? That's right. And everything of it. Amen. But we can trade that for a bowl of soup. That sounds totally ridiculous. 
but it goes on every day. Yep. May not be something with me, but it could be anything. You gotta say thank you. you gotta keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. Don't give him on stuff. Because you will be deceived. Stuff deceives. Well, we know how that afterward, verse 17, when he would have inherited the blessing, listen, when he would would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. Rejected. Now, what this was in this particular instance in, in the Old Testament, rejection by God was immediate and lasting. We could compare it if you don't get lined up and you don't get your soul saved and you don't live for the Lord and walk in His Word, then you're going to be rejected. And it's not a fixable thing. It, it was not a fixable thing for Esau here as, as the reference. And neither is it for us. Whatever small element, of, it, take, it takes a little bit of training to be saved, folks, because you got to listen to something and you got to receive it. And then you've got to respond. That kind of a little bit of training there. And that's what brings you to Christ, right? You heard. You, you had a fact. And you, you put it into motion. Just, just, for the, what are, I mean, just for the moment it was. But look what it got you. It got you the birthright into the kingdom of God, praise the Lord. Amen. Through Jesus Christ, amen, the Son of God and the wonderful avenue God created for us to even get here. So why would we think it far from us that we should ever be considering a, a training or discipline or anything other because right here's what we live by. Right here's what we're going to be judged by in case that's interesting to you. This is our judge. So is that not what we should be trained by? The training manual? Getting ready to close up here. I'm trying to move as fast as I can. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. That's a scene of itself. For ye are not coming to the mouth that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest as they did in those days. I mean, it was a horrible, scary thing to even think you're going to approach God. And many died when they tried. The sound of a trumpet, the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. It's enough, please. Aren't we privileged? Amen. Aren't we privileged through the work of the cross? Aren't we privileged by the sacrifice that Jesus came? We'd have free entry into the kingdom of God and inherit it? Is that not a privilege beyond a privilege? For they could not endure that which was commanded them in verse 20. And if so, much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. It was serious business. So terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Look at this. But you are not coming. You are coming to Mount Zion. Into the city of the living God. 
the heavenly Jerusalem into an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect he's, he's painting a scene here he's painting a heavenly scene this is what you have now this is what has been given to you just for this to understand that I've got to be willing to be chastised by God in whatever form or manner God so chooses to do by with Amen. Come on. And as I do so, I will become better. I will grow further. I will move forward. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Through the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that the Bible. This is not a hard task. This is, this is not some kind of a, a laborious discovery. It's very easy, really. Now, I will say this, that if you really want to get in-depth research into God's Word, yes, it's labor-intensive. It, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes prayer. It takes meditation. It takes a lot of things. But I want you to think about something. Notice, by the mediator, by the Lord Jesus Christ, who made this possible. For us simply to train up to be an example of Him. To live this life. To walk in, in this attitude of holiness and, and difference. Not critical of the sins and the world and the sinners of it. Not critical. But overjoyed and glad. Appreciative. So much so that, yes, Lord, I will adhere. I will take this up. I will model myself. I will train myself by your holy word because that's what's going to take me. And I'm not disregarding the blood of Christ. I'm going to get that here in a minute because that's first and foremost, the blood of Christ, the sacrifice he became. But there's more to it after that. It's called living for the Lord. And you learn how to live with the Lord by the word of God. Receiving. God shows us things, but just listen through the course of this. Jesus the mediator. We see hands mentioned, the Bible mentions hands. Jesus' hands. And many think that when Jesus received the spikes into his hands that they went through the palms. But if you study Roman crucifixion, they went through the wrist. You know why? Because that's a central nerve point. And when something pierces that through it, the least movement sends excruciating fire pain through your entire body. So with his feet. That so they pinned him to that cross in his efforts to try to pull himself up to merely breathe, to get another breath. It caused excruciating pain radiating through him continuously. He did more than bleed and die. Pain more than you can ever imagine. 
He gave of everything of himself that we would have the liberty. The liberty to walk after his example. To live by the word. What a sacrifice. What a giving of oneself. But you see, all of that, everything that that brought us, that brought us heaven, folks. Amen. Come on. That brought us eternal joy. That brought us gladness. We don't even know how much it brought us. But you can give all that up for a bowl of soup. Would you stand? Thank you.